Welcome to the Century Church Podcast with Dr. Patrick M. Quinn. You can find out more information about Century Church at www.century.church or download our app at the Apple or Google Play Store. Good morning, Century Church family and all those who join us on this live stream broadcast of our worship service. Welcome to the second week of the COVID rule, rediscovering what matters most. My name is Patrick Quinn, lead pastor here at Century Church, and I am so excited about this particular message because I believe that if you'll tune in, if you'll open up your Bible with me, if you'll journey along for the next several minutes, I believe that this has the opportunity to really change some of our paths and some of our goals and aspirations coming out of a pandemic, coming out of a situation that none of us asked for when the world hit the pause button. You know, last week we talked about masking the truth and do we want to go back or do we want to move forward? And I hope that your heart and, and, and life will be moving forward out of this pandemic. And so this week we're going to talk about your health and how your health is really your wealth. We've learned some things during this pandemic about our lives, about what matters most to us, about where our direction really needs to be and and what our priorities need to look like. And so I want to invite you right now, if you haven't already, to open up your Bible. Open up your Bible to Galatians chapter 4. You'll see some passages show up on the screen. You can also open it up in the Century app. I would encourage you to go there. It also has lots of other information about our church. But we want to talk in Galatians chapter 4 because that's where we'll be for the next couple weeks as we look into a particular passage of Scripture that Paul writes to the church at Galatia. Now the church at Galatia was going through a lot of different things at this moment. They had fallen prey to to some false teaching and, and they were backsliding into some things in their life and Paul looks at it and grieves. It's really uh, in Galatians chapter 4 a, a tone from a pastor that, that you would really want to hear like, a, a deep concern for his people. And, and I want us to dive into this chapter and to look into these verses and to hear his heart. And I hope and pray that you will hear mine as we deliver these messages and we look at how we can come out of a pandemic in a stronger position with our lives looking a little more closely aligned with the will of God. So join me in Galatians chapter 4. Right now in verse 12, we're going to pick up where we did last week. Uh, after, after verse 11, we hear these words from the Apostle Paul, and he writes this, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? You know, when you hear this passage of Scripture, Paul is, is coming down hard on the people there. He is, he is speaking some real truth into their lives. There was another moment when uh, we had some truth spoken in the, in the Bible that Jesus confronts a man who has been sitting next to a pool for 38 years. And Jesus speaks some real harsh truth and asks a very pointed question to this man. In John chapter 5, this story unfolds. And this man day after day is saying that he wants to get well, that he wants to get down in the pool and get healed. And Jesus comes upon him. And in John chapter 5 verse 6, this is where it picks up. He says, when Jesus saw him lying there, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, 
Do you want to get well? I think the question is still very important for us to answer today. I think this might be a question during a pandemic when a pause button has been hit for us that we need to answer and hear Jesus asking us today. Do we want to get well? Do we want to get well? You know, prior to COVID, I, I, would, I would have said that we were, we were on track. We, we had some good things going. Life seemed pretty good for a lot of us. We were, we were living lives in, in a good economy, good jobs, good, good uh, family situations for a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, you got unemployment spiking. You have people losing their jobs. You have, you have health falling by the wayside and thousands and thousands of people getting sick and, and you have even situations where hospitals are no longer doing certain procedures and so people are, are, are worried about their health and you've got basically a lot of situations going on and, and today, now we look at this and we're like, what was really important? What was really important back then that we need to hold on to and what was not so important that we need to be willing to let go? Do we want to get well, Jesus asks. You know, I think that what Jesus was cutting to the heart of with this man was, hey, we live in an unhealthy world, true, but do you want to adopt some healthy living? Do you want to have healthy living in an unhealthy world? We are living in some brokenness for sure. We have situations going on, but I don't know about you, but for me, as I have traveled through this pandemic, it has brought about some real changes in my heart and real changes in my life and priorities and things that are more important and other things that are much more uh, in the background now. You know, JK asked about people exercising or people getting more physical activity, you know, in their lives. And it's interesting. I mean, I read an article where golf is up, like people are, are playing more golf, but just recreation period. I don't know how it's been in your neighborhood, but in my neighborhood, I mean, I, I watch people going on walks more, runs more, people riding bicycles, my own kids doing that, my wife and I taking walks. Like I've seen a lot more activity. It's interesting when life hits the pause button, other things begin to take their place. And maybe even some healthier things are taking the place of what was once thought to be important. Do we want to get well, Jesus asks. You know, the Greek word for well is hugies. Hugies, which means um, a, a literal, literal healthy, like to be healthy or to be sound in body. But the word can also figuratively mean like sound speech or, or better yet, teaching which does not deviate from the truth. So Jesus is asking the man, do you want truth in your life? And, and actually, when you look at it, even with a broader meaning of this Greek word that's used right here, it is clear that Jesus was asking the man about a physical healing, but he also was asking about soul healing, about a spiritual healing, a spiritual cleansing in his life. Jesus was perhaps associating this man's physical healing that he needs with also saying, you know, you need more than a physical healing. You need a spiritual healing. How often do we fall into the same category of, as this man where we sit by a pool, we, day after day, we are asking to be healed. Day after day, we sit in situations where we want to be healed but do we really want to be well? Do we want to make the changes necessary in our life to be made well? COVID-19 and this pause button that you and I have had the opportunity to hit 
is giving us an opportunity like none other. It is giving us an opportunity to hear that question more clearly from Jesus today. Do we want to be made well? Do you want to get well? Is it that important to you? And I don't know about you, but I've also seen a lot of activity in people's spiritual lives these days. And I think that's maybe something that is coming out of COVID-19. I feel like I've seen more people talking about reading their Bibles. I've seen more devotion life happening in people's lives. I've seen more people joining in in online worship services and hearing about people watching our worship service and worshiping with us and worshiping with other churches. They're getting multiple messages. They're, they're actually desiring to hear the word of God. I have more people that, you know, have joined me on 828 morning prayer every morning at 828. There, there's more spiritual activity that seems to be happening. It seems to be mattering to people. More people are, are taking the time to think about things that are most important to their life, to living. And I might also say death. That's right, death. Because for everything that COVID-19 has brought into our, our world and everything that this pandemic has done, one thing that I have noticed very clearly is that it has brought back mortality. You know, the reality is no matter how much any of us want to try to avoid it, we are going to die. Now, we may not die from COVID-19, and, and, and we, may not, we may not experience some, some near-death experience from COVID-19. Some of us have, and many people have died. But the reality is, when a pandemic hits, it has changed some of the psyche, the way we think, the way we behave, the way we act. Like, once again, it has reminded us that we're not here forever. You know, Psalm 90, 12 says, So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So when Jesus asked this man, do you want to get well? The man has to first identify his sickness. If you want to get well from something, you got to know what to ask for. You got to say, this is what I need. This is my sickness. So let me ask you something today as we've hit the pause button and COVID has given us an opportunity to rediscover things that matter the most, what is your sickness? What, what is your sickness? If, if Jesus is asking you the question, do you want to get well? You must have to first identify what is your sickness? What do you need to get well from? What, what are the things in your life that are stumbling blocks, roadblocks, that are barriers from actually living the life that God wants you to live, from living in the center of His will? What are the things that are keeping you from living life abundantly in Jesus Christ? Do you want to get well? Paul had this concern for the Galatians. He was asking the very same question, do you want to get well? He was saying, you're straying, you're backsliding, you're going back into lives that you were never meant to live, you're adopting false teaching, do you want to get well? And today we got to hear that question. We got to let that question pierce our hearts. We got to let that question get deep down or else we're just wasting time, honestly. Do you want to get well? I believe that Jesus is asking you that question today. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be freed up from the things that would keep you from living life abundantly? And some of those things we think will do it for us, but like we talked about last week, those are just lesser gods to Paul. Paul is wanting us to get back to the heart of Jesus because the reality is we're all sick. 
We are all sick from the brokenness of this world. We all have sickness in our lives. Are you willing to identify it? Are you willing to claim it? And are you willing to ask Jesus to heal you from it? You see, COVID-19 is giving us a chance to realize our health is our wealth, our physical health, as well as our spiritual health. And so I want to share with you today five keys to your spiritual health that Paul lays down in Galatians chapter 4. In these verses, they are packed full of some wisdom that we need to hear while we have a chance through this pause, through this pandemic, through the opportunity to come out on the other side, a transformed person in the name of Jesus Christ. And the first thing we see in verse 12 is Paul says, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. Translation, he's telling the Galatians to learn to live free. To learn to live free. To really be free. And we've had the opportunity to hit the pause button and to learn to live free. Listen to me. We, we've, I've, I've seen this happen. And, and I've seen this happen in many of your lives. It's giving us the opportunity to be more kind again. You know, when, when death is real to us, we tend to, you know, just desire to be a little more kind. Because what if you're not here tomorrow? What if you're not here tomorrow to kiss your kids, to love your wife or your husband, to share a good word with your neighbor? You know, to, to, live, to learn to live free means to just be more kind. It also means we get to be confident. I mean, Paul is saying, like, become like me, for I became like you. Like, become confident in Christ. I mean, we all should be walking around with, like, the t-shirt that's like, I survived 2020, right? Like, after this is all over with. We'll be the ones telling our kids and our grandkids, right? Telling a future generation, we lived through COVID-19. We lived through the pandemic, to become more confident in Christ that there are things that really matter in this world and there are things that we're just trifling away time, wasting our lives away. But there are things that really matter and so to learn to live free is to be more confident. And to be more confident means we can take some risks. We can take some risks and know that we will make it through to the other side. I mean, there may be failures. We've got to recognize, right? There'll be failures because some of us are recognizing there are failures right now. There are lost jobs. There's lost income. There are losses all around us. But coming out of it, what are, there, what are the ways in which we will gain? What are the ways in which life will take on new meaning? What are new opportunities, new dreams, new ambitions? We have the opportunity to live free, to take a risk. We have the opportunity to say yes to things today, to say yes more often. Maybe you've been a no person. Maybe you've been that negative Nancy, right? You've been that no person. You have an opportunity to say yes more often. Be like, yeah, why was, why was I so worried about this? Why was I so worried about that? Say yes a little bit more. Hey, and the people that say yes too much, this is your opportunity coming out of the pandemic. You got to learn to say no. Some of us, it's saying no so that we can get down deep into the things that God really wants us to be doing to get our priorities and our minds set on the things of God and the purpose that we have on this earth, to say no a little bit more, you know? And, and then I would say to you that what Paul is saying when he's like, I plead with you. Do you hear a pastor's heart? I plead with you. And I'm going to say it like this to you today. I'm, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you to become more like Paul. I'm, I'm pleading with you, brothers and sisters in Christ. 
I'm pleading with you, and this is what I'm pleading with you for. Stop. Stop being afraid of your past self. I think that that is the most damaging thing of people being set free for joyful obedience living in Christ. They think that this is, this is all they will ever be. Hey, the world has hit pause. It's a restart. It's an opportunity to set the table again and to go for it. Stop letting your past self keep you from your future that God has for you. It's time to learn to live free, Paul says. In, in the second... The second thing I want to share with you is in verse 13 of the passage of Scripture we're focused on today. Paul says, as you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. He ended up in Galatia due to an illness. He couldn't travel. And, and even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me, he says. He, you know, his illness was this big trial. He did, they, and they didn't treat him poorly. They treated him well. And so he came with this illness. But when he came with this illness, he came with a message still. So think about it. Paul is sick. He's ill. He doesn't feel good. Things are going wrong. His mission is taking a drastic turn. Things aren't good right now for Paul when he is, when he is at this moment. What does that mean for us today? Because for many of us, things aren't good right now. Things aren't the best that they've ever been in our lives, we think. And as another reminder to me, if we want to rediscover what matters most, it means that even in sickness, bring the good news. In sickness, bring the good news. That's what Paul did. Paul brought the good news even when he doesn't feel good. Even when things aren't turning out the way that he thought they should. He's bringing the good news. You know what I think for the people of faith right now? If your life is not going the way that it, that it once was, if you have had some setbacks, if you have had some moments of trials and tribulations, if you've been knocked to your knees, if you have been sick, if you have gone through some real bad stuff right lately through the pandemic, this is your opportunity to bring good news even in the midst of your valley. That's where transformation can happen for most people. You know, most people, when things are going bad, they badmouth everything. They talk about how bad it is. They talk about how, how it's everybody else's fault or they, or they woe is me and they do all this. Paul's not doing that. Paul's like, well, I'm sick. Well, it's bad. But I'm still going to preach Jesus Christ. I'm still going to bring good news to people even in the midst of my sickness. I have to believe that the Galatians heard the message of Christ because they looked at a sick almost dying man. It's like, if this man can still feel this strong about his God, then maybe we ought to follow this God too. You know, your greatest opportunity to, to win someone to Jesus, to introduce them to the great hope of God, your family, your friends, your neighbors, might be that even in your sickness, even in your worst times, if you can bring the good news, that's rediscovering what matters most is that even when times are bad, we still have God. We still have our faith. We still are singing our songs and praying our prayers. And we still have an eternal hope, the salvation found in Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity that in sickness, we get to bring the good news. The third thing in verse 14, he says that even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me. I love how he says this. He welcomed, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. It reminded me 
of, of things that I get to watch on the front row as a pastor often is that guardian angels are real. Is that, you know, one of the things that I think I realize in this pause is that, that there really are people that just show up in the worst moments of people's lives with acts of goodness, with acts of absolute kindness, with, that, that from, from, from the worst situations, people rise to the occasion and surround one another with love and care. I've seen so many acts of goodness from people during this pandemic. I've seen the church rise up. When, when the world thinks the church was closed, <laughs> church wasn't closed. The church was just sent. The church was released out into the world. And so many of you have shown up for your neighbor, for your friend, for your relative, for your coworker. You've shown up like a guardian angel. But also Jesus talked about that there are spiritual and heavenly beings all around us. In Matthew chapter 18, he speaks of this, that, that there are heavenly beings, angels that come to our aid, that are here in our midst, in a physical world and a spiritual world. And I believe that there are also then people that are angels. There are people that have been sent on a mission. Their heart has been nudged by the power of the Holy Spirit. So some of you think right now, has there been a guardian angel during this pandemic that has been sent to you? Has there been a blessing? Has there been an opportunity that someone walked into your life and you don't even know, or, or, or something happened and you're like, wow, I didn't realize that that person would come to my aid. Maybe right now you need to pause and just give thanks to God for that person. And then think about the times that God nudges your heart, that we actually have the opportunity to go be a guardian angel for someone else. You see, there is more help than we may have realized prior to covid There are people that are willing to step up and surround one another, to really care for one another. That's rediscovering what matters most, that we're all in this together, that the human race, we've been threatened, things have been shut down, economies have been hurt, and lives have been lost, and livelihoods have been threatened. And yet out of all of this, we've watched a coming together where people really care for one another, like a whole lot of guardian angels. The, the fourth thing that I want to share with you that Paul writes in, in verse 15, he says, where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Like, he's, he's reminding them, do you remember how incredible it was when we were all together? In another verse, in another translation, he writes in the same verse of 15, where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? Where's that joyful and grateful spirit that you felt then? Maybe translation for us for keys to our spiritual health is to find that joyful and grateful spirit again. I think out of COVID and this pause button, we've had the opportunity to do some things in our lives, like primarily enjoy the little things. You know, prior to COVID, I don't know about you, but it seemed like everyone was trying to have the next great experience, the bigger vacation. The, the, the bigger opportunities, like everything was bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and it seemed like nothing was satisfying us. And it's interesting now, just a walk in your neighborhood seemed like a blessing. Holding hands with your child, skipping down the road, playing board games again, doing stuff that maybe you wouldn't have done if the pause button had not been hit. Enjoying the little things in life. You know, maybe... Maybe it's given us an opportunity to smile more, 
and laugh a little bit more with one another. Maybe it's actually given us the opportunity to appreciate quality time with our family, with our friends, with the people that matter most to us. So Paul is reminding the Galatians, like, find that joyful and grateful spirit again. And I think that the pause button, what COVID can teach us, is to find that joyful and grateful spirit that satisfies instead of playing the rat race, instead of trying to always one-up everything that you've done in your life, to actually throttle it back and the real joy happens maybe right in your own neighborhood. And then the fifth thing, in verse 16, Paul says, have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? That might be the harshest word that he says here. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Let me ask you a few questions today. What is most important to you? What is most important to you? And prior to COVID, were the things that were most important to you, were those the things that, that you would have seen yourself spending the most time on? You know, I've heard it said before, and you have too, no one ever on their deathbed is going to say, I wish I'd have spent more time working. But you are going to say, I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids, more time with my family, more time learning something new, discovering some things, more time with friends, right? Like, the lesson I believe that COVID is, is teaching us is don't let the truth become your enemy. Don't let the truth become your enemy. We sell our lives out to lesser gods. That's what Paul is trying to remind the church at Galatia, and that's what I'm reminding you to today. We sell out to lesser gods, to things that don't matter as much. And he's asking the question, have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Is the truth becoming your enemy? Right? And I, and I wonder for us prior to COVID if that wasn't the case. If the truth was just getting in the way. Jesus was just getting in the way of all our fun. You know, Jesus was getting in the way of, of climbing the corporate ladder. Jesus was getting in the way because we just wanted to have more experiences and spend more money and get more in debt and not be financially sound, right? Like Jesus was just getting in the way. So of my addictions, of how much alcohol I wanted to drink or the drugs I wanted to do or the fun parties I wanted to attend, like Jesus was just getting in the way. And the pause button was hit and Paul is like, have I now become your enemy? It's a word coming out of COVID like, don't let the truth become your enemy. In other words, maybe something we've learned out of this is to stop keeping up with the Joneses and start following Jesus. Stop trying to keep up with the ways of the world and start following Jesus. You know, at Century Church, we are founded on some core principles, some core values that we find to be very important to us. And those are born out of following Jesus because we believe that following Jesus has us on an adventure. Like it's the best adventure ever. We're not masking it with these other things that we think are adventurous. You know, a, a little vacation here or a little experience over here or, or all these activities over here that distract us from the real adventure. We believe that we are on adventure with Jesus, that we're on adventure to do some things. And those things primarily center around the community being first. 
that, that we find real life when we give our lives in service to others, that when the community is brought first and foremost into the, into the you know, light, that we actually benefit from it in the end because our souls are thirsty to serve, to actually be a part of something that is going to carry on beyond our lives, to be on adventure, serving the community first. And what happens out of that is that you end up building relationships that actually matter. You actually build some relationships that matter, not just relationships like, like some little superficial things but through some activities that, that you do, but through being on a mission with God, we actually build relationships that matter. And I believe at our church, one of the reasons we're thriving right now is because you have built relationships that really matter because we are on an adventure where we're putting our community first. It's a beautiful thing. And so we're not let, we don't want to let the truth, right? We don't want to let the truth uh, like somehow disappear. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm challenging you right now, right? Don't let the truth become your enemy. This is the truth of the gospel, to be on an adventure with Jesus like Paul was on. To be on an adventure with Jesus, to put others first. And through that, we build relationships that will last a lifetime. Jesus asked this man who had been sitting there for 38 years, do you want to get well? Can you imagine what happened next when that man was healed by Jesus? Oh, he sung. He danced. Jesus told him to get up, right? Take your mat to get moving. And what Jesus meant was, you've got things to do in this life. You've got opportunities before you. You do not have to sit here and play the woe is me game any longer. Can I just challenge you today? Do you want to get well? Don't waste this crisis. Don't waste this pandemic. Don't waste the pause button. And don't wish to just go back. Do you want to get well today? Jesus is asking each of us. And when we bring our sickness, when we can identify what is keeping us from truly following Jesus and God's will for our lives, Jesus can then heal us through an honest conversation with God. And I pray that you would begin to hear, get up, take your mat, and get moving. You know, last week I gave you a challenge, and the challenge was simply this, to write a letter to yourself, the things that maybe you've learned, that you've discovered, that you've experienced, what matters the most. Write a letter to yourself, and a year from now, we're going to open those letters up and see if we're still living into these new transformations that we've experienced or whether or not we've kind of slid back into some things and need some course corrections. And that letter might just be the thing to hold us accountable. This week, I want to give you another challenge. I want to call it the, the COVID bucket list um, or our 2020 bucket list. You know, prior to COVID, our bucket list might have looked like what are the places we would like to go explore, the vacations we would like to go do, the experiences we would like to have as I've experienced COVID and I've looked around at my life, my bucket list is changing. My bucket list is, is changing a little bit. It's becoming a little more like, what's the impact that I want to leave? Because life is short. What do I want my children to really know about life that matters the most? 
I just celebrated 20 years with my wife. What are the next 20 years really going to look like? What are the things that we want to do together in the name of Jesus Christ? You see, I think our bucket list needs to change. It's always been about us, about the things we want to do in the one life that we have. Maybe it should be more about the community first, more about the adventure God wants us to be on, more about the relationships that will really matter. And at the end of that, it'll actually give us more life, not less. What would your COVID bucket list be? I have a feeling that if you really sat down and got quiet, you would find that it has changed from your pre-COVID bucket list to what your post-COVID bucket list could be. So I want to challenge you. Take some time with your spouse if you're married, you know, with your children, or with some friends, or in your small group, and have a real conversation. What does your bucket list look like now coming out of COVID? And my hope is that you'll just might find that you'll rediscover what matters the most to you. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we bow before you today, and this was such a tough word to hear from Paul that he writes to the church at Galatia. It's such sincerity, though. His heart is out there on the line. He's pleading with his church. And God, I know that that word came right from you as you were pleading with your people, and I can feel that today, that you are pleading with us, your children, that as our world has hit a pause, that your church, that each one of us, that the, the, the sons and daughters of God will come out of this not weaker but stronger in you. That we would rediscover what matters that the most. That we would have new priorities. Healthier lives. That we would be set free to live the life of abundance that you have for us that we would welcome the truth in our lives. So Lord God, I pray for every person who hears this message and is praying this prayer with me today. That Jesus, we would follow you more. Forgive us of our sins. Help us, God, to live closer to your heart. And that as we come out of this pandemic, that in our weaknesses, we have actually been made stronger in you. We recognize, God, that our life is but a mist, as your scripture tells us. It could be gone as soon as tomorrow. And so, Lord, what we leave behind here really matters. Help us with a bucket list that will bring honor and glory to you, that will teach and instruct the next generation, and that will help God, us be a part of your kingdom plan. Enough, God. Enough of the busy lives that we're ending in just worshiping lesser gods. We want to be your people today that live into a new reality, a new adventure, where ultimately, God, we find that relationships truly matter. The relationships we have with one another and ultimately, God, the relationship we have with you. Hear our prayer today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen.